Well, sitting patiently on the phone with me today is a rooster, both Central Coast and Sydney, that is, a Prime Minister's 13, an Indigenous All-Star, and the first marquee signing of the freshly formed Newcastle Knights. Caitlin Johnston, welcome to Chasing Gillaroos. Thank you. And now, did you have a family member who was instrumental in getting you in the league, or how did you first come across football? Um, so when I was younger, I actually never thought that, you know, there was such a thing that girls could play rugby league. Um, I was probably about 11, and um, I don't actually quite remember how I asked to get into it, but um, my, I approached my dad. Well, apparently I approached my dad one time. I was just like, look, I want to have a go at footy. I started in um, school footy and um, just enjoyed it from there. So then I ended up going from school footy into them playing for my our, one of our local juniors here, Window um, Junior Rugby League. Um, yeah, started with them and, yeah, dad just basically pushed and mum had a big impact on them through it as well, but I think the main person would be my father. Um, he basically was just there every game. Um, he definitely hates missing a game. Um, so, yeah, they're very dedicated and he's, like, very strong-headed about <laughs> being at every game. So, okay. Yeah. Well, can you think of a time where someone was pulling him away from it? Has he had, like, work commitments or family commitments he's got, he got upset about? It, yeah. <laughs> um, I think work and also, like, we're not – a very rich or fortunate family. Um, I think money, money wise, was a big commitment as well. Um, I have five, six other siblings, so um, they were obviously there as well um, in Dad's main worry and care as well. So you had to think about them as well as wanting to come and watch me play. But work obviously got in the road yep. um, a few times in regards to it. Um, when I travelled to Fiji for PMs, he couldn't come. Um, oh, right, just yeah. afford it. That was. Mm. One of the games he's actually missed. Um, this year's All Stars, him and mum and my oldest brother um, drove two days straight to um, Townsville. So, no. Yep, two two whole days. They obviously slept, um, but drove yeah. two days to Townsville to watch me play because wow. they obviously tickets were really expensive, so they couldn't really. It was a two. Um, thought they had to get off one plane to another to fly up there. So um, that was a big commitment for mum and dad, but they never regret it. They love the whole trip up there and just love to explore Townsville itself. So Yeah, wow. I just yeah. love as well that I, I'm now imagining when you found out that you got signed that everyone celebrated except for your dad because you're thinking, God, the amount of travel I'm going to have to do now every weekend all across the country. <laughs> <laughs> I, he, he was actually um, – he sat in on the meeting I had with them and um, – he was like, yeah, yeah, like, say yes, say yes. And I was a bit undecisive whether, you know, obviously I had roosters as well. Um, but, yeah, I've always had that um, that kind of um, background with the Knights. So I think that my my original choice was to come back to the Knights yep. um, just because I've come through their pathways as well through Tashigal. So they sort of developed me to the player I am today, which, um, yeah, which is I was fortunate enough to know them all there. So, yeah, it was good. Do you have a first memory then of football? Is it of the Knights or is it talking to your dad about it? Or do you have, I know that you can't really remember your first time you asked to go, but do you have a first like grand final memory or something like that? It'd probably be when I was 13, I um, got chucked into the crew knockout. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, back then I was playing um, halfback. So I've changed positions twice, three times. Um, and I was on. I'm pretty sure it was at Raymond Terrace. I was on the right side of the field, fresh, fresh out of the room, just chucked in knockout. Um, and I was in big bopper and I was on the right side playing halves. 
And um, this girl made a break up the sideline. I've come from one side of the field. I was just natural for it. Um, one side of the field to the other. And my where I, ta- I tackled her at the sideline, but my whole family was sitting on the sideline when I yes. And um and I yeah took her out and my uncle turned to my father and was like um turned to my father and said where did she learn that dad's like it definitely wasn't from me so <laughs> it, it, they were actually really surprised my um mum's brothers were actual um like big footy heads just had the really natural talent in footy so um that's where I think a lot of my talent comes from and dad says it all the time so um yeah he's like it's probably from one of her uncles but yeah it was probably one of the memories I can remember playing oh, the first that's rad. That's giving me tingles to think about that. Part of your family as well, rad. Uh, now, tell me a bit about the Wingdale Eagles. You, you brought them up a moment ago. Are they a bit of a gun club? What, what's their go up there? Uh, yes and no. Um, so, unfortunately, they don't have very many people get to the club. Like, they do get teams, but um, we have a few other clubs here that um, a lot of kids get interested in. Um, but that's sort of just like a... To me, um, the women's game there has evolved. Um, they've created a lot of the girls' pathways through there. Um, myself being through that pathway, um, like with the boys, they've um, sort of thought, you know, maybe we'll build that pathway for our women's and um, see what they can aspire to be like. Um, but, yeah, like it's mainly just um, they, get, they get a few teams there, but it's just not really a popular club at the moment. Um, hopefully one day we'll get back there and get all the um, – all the old juniors back there have created or something in in between those lines. And do you mean it's not a particularly popular club for women's football at the moment or just for rugby league and that in window? Just in general. Um, yeah, right. Not very many people. Um, I'm not too sure what the reasons around it is, but, yeah, it's just not really somewhere where everyone goes to. Thinking about your time there, though, um, 10 or 15 years ago, what, what – what are the, who is the people that you think about when you think about being back there as a junior player? Who, who's someone that jumps to mind outside of your dad or mum? Um, probably just my family. A lot of my family like lived local. That lived local through there. So um, every match I had my aunties, uncles, cousins, everyone there. Um, pretty much just old mates that I played. Like, I played with the boys back then. Um, just old mates. I'm still good for good friends with them um, to now, and just seeing them just every time they see me, they just see where I'm sitting at the moment with the Knights and they're playing, you know, with Central, West and stuff like that. Some of them are even dads, like it, they're all yeah, just wow. like, man, I remember when we were playing footy um, at training, you know, muck around footy and um, stuff like that. But, yeah, there's a few old memories there I can remember um, just in footy-wise. But, yeah, probably just the boys and my family was probably my biggest inspiration to that club too. Now, you briefly touched on a moment ago the, the moment you were with your dad doing that signing, and we're going to come back to that in just a moment. How did you first find out, though, that Newcastle were going to get an NRLW team? Where were you for that? Um, so, I, like, last year I heard whispers that they were putting a side in. Um, and then I was – first point I was told they were putting it in last year, and I was like, oh, sweet, like, I don't actually have to travel to Sydney anymore. And then um, they got knocked back. And then um, the start of the year, I heard that, you know, um, to the great ones that they were putting a side in. Um, and then our Central Coast coach approached me and um, basically, like, offered me to the Roosters. But he said, look, I understand whether um, you decide to go to the Knights and that's fine because obviously, you know, they're putting a side in. So that's when I knew it was a definite that they actually yeah, were putting a side yeah. in. Um, and then, yeah, I just sort of was like, Radio, and then just I was sitting on the fence <laughs> on both, but um, had that one person like dad in my ear just saying, yeah. like, Go, fine with them. But like, 
my heart was solely to the Knights, um, just in respect of their pathways they've developed me to the person I am today. So um, I owe them a lot for that too as well. Because you, you mentioned before you are in the Tasha Gale, but you, cap, you captained their Tasha Gale club and stuff like that. So you've had a big impact also on them developing their women's pathways as, almost as much as they would have had on you. Do, do you that, that came part of it? I know your dad was a big, a big voice in there, but it really was that the Knights had invested and so you felt like it was time to reinvest? Yeah, so um, my first year with the Knights, I was co-captain. Um, so that just that there alone was like they had a lot of faith in me and like, that's a big responsibility as a co-captain um, to then, you know, be reporting back to my captain and the coach. Um, we had a very tight squad that year and the year after as well. Um, but just like that alone, the next year after I come back um, and then they announced me as captain and then I it was a big shock, but it was an honour. Like, um, you know, it's the second year in for the Knights women's and um, got captaincy in that too as well. So, um, yeah, just to lead them girls out there and lead from front was just awesome to know that it, the first year I played went from nines to then elevens and I was went from halfback to a front um, to a second rower. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, once the game expanded, I sort of I, you could figure out where my spot was in the team. But, um, yeah, no, it was good. I liked it. Yeah, great. And so now take me to that moment because you, you spoke before about being in the room with your dad. You're thinking about the Roosters. He's saying that, come on, let's go Knights. But there must have been a moment even before that where you got a phone call or something where the Knights had said, hey, come in and talk to us about what we want to do. Where were you for that? Like most of us um, just sit here in a world of just doing normal jobs, but you're living in a normal world where like football teams call you and, and things like that. So tell me about like that whole experience. Um, I was – so obviously our assistant coach, Jess, um, Skinner, I knew just through um, All Stars and just other football camps I've had in the past. Um, so I knew, like, Casey is the manager in the um, Pathways Development. Um, I knew him through Tasha Gale. So um, I'd actually gotten a phone call from him um, the week prior after I was asked, um, just in regards to what I'm doing for NRLW. Um, I was actually on the he gave me the phone call down the train at Central Coast and I was like, oh, yeah, radio. Like, I wasn't really too concerned about what was happening with NRLW. I was just keen they'd just get in the rip in the training. Um, and then, yeah, obviously the first person I called was my dad and it was like, you know, the Knights um, got a call from Case and blah, blah, blah. And Dad's like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Um, and then I'd say about a month and a half prior to the announcement that I signed with them, got a phone call from Jess. And Jess was having a yarn to me in regards to what was happening and she told me that she was assistant coach and I was like, you know, awesome, that's great. Like, yeah, yeah. I have a female in there as well. Um, then literally two seconds later I got a phone call from Blake um, wanting to just have a chat in regards to where I'm sitting. <laughs> so it was just like phone call after phone call. And this is still on the train, right? You're going to training on the train. It's just your phone's going crazy. Yes, yeah, so I was home that day. I was like, so that was a couple months after a case. Oh, sorry, sorry. Another call from Jess, and then Blake called me two seconds after. Then once That's I got Blake Cavallaro, friend, right? He's the Roosters guy. Am I getting that right? No, no, I'm Blake Green, our coach. Oh, Blake Green. I'm so sorry, so sorry. Yeah, no, no, Blake Green. Um, so then Blake gave me a call, and I had a yarn to him, and then I. There was a bit of issues and some questions I had to ask Casey. I called Casey back and he's like, mate, we're going for lunch. Like, why don't you just come and have lunch with us all in that one day? So I was like rushing around last minute. They were, they were literally half an hour um, after he gave me that call, I was rushing around trying to get ready and going and having a yarn to him. Never met Blake in my life. So I was yeah. just like, 
um, yeah, got in there, had that conversation. I rang Dad and was like, what are you doing? Dad's like, I'm down at shops. And I was like, can you drop it and come in? Like, And he's like, yeah, sweet, yeah. yeah. Whatever you're buying is not important. Come and have lunch yeah, with yeah, me. Yeah, and- <laughs> So you'll find dinner for um, all the kids <laughs> from at home. You can wait. Yeah. Um, left it and he's popped in there to us. And, um, yeah, we sat down and had coffee and just had a yarn about, like, what we'd like to see in a season and, like, with our pathways coming up. Um, how they sit and stuff like that. And that's when Blake and Matt said, like, we'd love to have you on board with us. And, um, yeah, da- and I had Dad in my ears, like, yes, yes, fine, like, fine. And I was like, oh, it's a yes, but it's a no. And I, I'm like, oh, my heart was set to go the Knights in the first place. So there was no yes or no. It was just, <laughs> um, I just wanted to keep me in suspense of, like, oh, she was <laughs> um, But, yeah, I ended up, ended up calling him and just saying, yeah. And, yeah, that was pretty much the whole conversation. Wow. Well, did they buy you lunch? They were going for lunch. Did you end up getting lunch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they yes. Yeah, no, it was good. Okay. okay, so you've played a bunch of rep games. Uh, uh, 18's Origin, you're the 18th player for the Gillaroos on top of the other ones that are listed at the, t- the start of the show. You're only 20, still very early in your career, but having been given big responses like that and, and a leader in this new team, is that the kind of pressure and leadership something that you enjoy as a player, do you think? Um... Yes and no. I think like like I'm only like you said twenty. Um, I'm still learning. Um, there's so much. No matter how old you are, how long you've been in the game, you've still got things to learn. Um, I'm still learning now at training, do some stuff, um, and just trying to lead them from front where I can uh, with my knowledge. Um, you know, Jill Ruse when I was 18 and going through all that pathways at once. That was a massive, massive thing for me. Um, it was. I don't know, I'd say shock. It all just happened in one year. So I sat down at the start of the year and with my Tasha Gale coach in the last year of our Tasha Gale and I just wrote down some goals and said, this is where I want to sit and this is where I want to end. Um, within that, I knocked every single goal off that, that list in one Unreal. year. I just, yeah, I got a phone call from him when I made the PMs and he's like, mate, do you remember we're having this conversation? And then when I was in PMs camp in Brisbane before we flew to Fiji, I got a, um, Brad announced at the, Brad Donald announced at the, um, when we were sitting in the team room and was like, we've just got like more information about like our Jillaroos and stuff. And me and another girl, Kira Gibb, got announced in the side. And, I, and he said, oh, an 18 woman is Caitlin, like our youngest. I was a baby of the team at that point. Um, and I was just in shock, like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> I didn't know how to take it. I was like, oh, Jillaroos, like, man, that was the top of my list. And wow. like, yeah. I got out from dad and I was like trying to hold back the tears, but I was like, yeah, he just told me my jewelry. So um, the next person I messaged, he, he actually rang my coach, Josh from Tasha Gale and was like, mate, like wouldn't believe it, but she made 18 women in um, Gillaroos. And he's like, no way. And he was shocked. So I actually got a phone call. So I got to phone the dad and Josh was having a yarn to me. And he's like, mate, like that's good. Like, and I was like, that's <laughs> good. Yeah, thanks. I, I know it's good. I was playing on the plane, even like Gillaroos, man. Like, oh my God, the big Kiwi girls. Like, I'm, I'm going, like, no, I was freaking <laughs> out on the plane. I was like, but I'm going to play big PG and girls. So it should be okay. Um, but yeah, I got home, come home from work, then went down to Gillaroos camp, loved it every moment from now, learned. Um, even just to be in that professionalism kind of area, sort of put me to where I am today. So a lot of my, um, you know, like my trigger balling, all my stuff to prep me for a game, for training, sort of fell under that banner. Um, but, yeah, like you learn everything new every day. So 
just taking it upon why I can. What the hell is trigger balling? Oh, it's like a little ball when you've got like um, you sit on it or you roll little triggering and stuff like that. It's oh, like right. a release on stuff. Okay. But, okay. yeah, like those little kind of things people don't really realise, especially coming in locally, you don't really realise that they have a massive effect on you throughout the game, but, yeah. So, like, as in it wakes up your muscles or it just mentally, like, helps you go, okay, this is happening, so now it just loosens it. It's sort of like a loosening tool kind of thing. Okay. Wow, trigger. There you go. I'm learning yeah. so many things, even, even yeah. how to warm up. I love it. <laughs> Now, most women in the NRL, NRLW would feel the weight of being a female role model as many uh, young athletes look up to you. But chuck in that you're also a proud Awaka ball, and I'm so sorry about the poor pronunciation. Awaka ball, thank you. And Gamaroll. Gamaroy. 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 I'm so sorry, but I'm trying. Uh, how, how does that shape what you do on and off the field? Um, like, I, I think it's. Massive, like our community, like I'm very into our Aboriginal communities and stuff like that. And um, like I work as an aid teacher in schools with our crew kids. Um, so just seeing the pathways, like there's kids out in Bush that don't actually realise the pathways they have. Um, so for me, it's just basically let just showcasing the game, but also letting our kids know that there's more than in life than you know, um, local league football, like there's heaps of other opportunities you can have there. Um, if you want to make a career out of rugby league, then the opportunity there to take. Um, as long as you put hard yards in and, you know, show the dedication, there, there's obviously a pathway there for you. So that's why I think, like, um, that's part of the reason why I came home to Newcastle because obviously I don't live in Sydney, so I don't really know too much about their league comps down there. Um, I wanted to come home to help develop the comp down here to bring out kids up here um, into those pathways. So obviously next year it's going from Tarshigal to Harvey Norman to NRLW. Um, so hopefully they can sort of lead in that pathway of, you know, coming up there and being able to showcase what they have. So that's part of the reason why I come yeah. home. And is a walkable also the, the community that's doing heaps of great stuff on the, on the socials and, and has a, a real other pathway? Is that the same one or am I misremembering? Um, a Wabical has, um, so Wabical. like the, um, Tigers, they've just been yeah. as one of the massive sponsors for the Tigers, but, um, yeah, yeah, Wabical yeah League, right. they do yeah. a lot with our, um, children down here, um, in regards to, um, if, like their families need funding for something, they're more than happy to fund that. Um, like when dad and that traveled, um, to, to Townsville, they actually sponsored Dad and that gave them money to travel up there to watch us play. So it wasn't just me, a few other Newcastle girls got the opportunity. So um, they're a really good organisation. Um, and, yeah, like I said, they, they um, sponsored um, the Tigers, so they have a lot to do with them as well, which is good. Um, but, yeah, no, they're a really good organisation down here. Yeah, great. And so that, you keep saying down here, but you're up in Newcastle, right? I'm just trying to remember my geography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. The, um, the, yeah, and I think the Tigers are also trying to produce pathways for, for people who need, you know, who, who could use the same things. Similar to what you're talking about there with your leadership, trying, just trying to tell people that there are ways to get from, from different ways of what they yeah. yeah. So Newcastle has had a really strong Tasha Gale, uh, particularly when you've been involved in it, and the New South Wales Cups squad's been really great for a couple of years. One of the coaching staff, Casey, uh, once once told me that he said it's because there's a huge um, part of it that also has to do with touch football that comes from that area. Am I remembering that right? Is, it, is there a big touching area up in uh, 
Touch football. Yeah, so um, up here, like here in Newcastle, they have a lot of um, top touch competitions. Um, Oddsaves is sort of starting to make its way into it, but touch has been around for a fair, fair bit. So a lot of our girls do come from a touch background, um, which is fantastic. Like they're quick. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to make it, we need- do you think it's mainly the, the speed and fitness or is it also about shape and, and, and reading defensive lines and things like that? Or I think it's, yeah, like it's different to sort of touch. Like it's more, um, like obviously we, de- we defend and stuff like that, but it's more, um, yeah, like our attack, what we know, we need to know our shapes, like how we're going to, if you've got a team out there, like say Broncos, for instance, you're going you're gonna to want to know how to break it down to get around them and score. Like, because if you don't know how to do that, it's going to be a scoreless game. So um, I think it's more just our attack and our defence normally comes, plays a key in it, but as long as you've got your defence under, it's just you've got to worry about your attack. So I think that's just our main worry, is just knowing how to attack them when you can. Okay, so you, you just brought up the Broncos. So I want to know in 25 words or less, why are the Knights going to win the grand final this year? Um, I don't actually, I've never really thought about it, but, um, I think if you just, if you just don't focus too much on them as a team, figure out who, like obviously the three, like to me, the three key players are Upton, um, Tamika Upton, Ali Brigginshaw, and I can't think of a third, the other one. All I can think of is Brigginshaw. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, so <laughs> Anyone, everyone else is also great. Three, yep. Yeah, they're three key players. So if you just knock them, I think that's where their weakness link is. Once once they start to self-doubt themselves, that's when you can get a roll on. But um, I think for us it's not like as much as I want us to win this year. I think it's more just seeing what we have in, within the Knights and see if we can – even just lay that platform for us and make that pathway. Um, I think even just taking the field is massive for us um, in regards to we have such a really big um, community here that are very humble about our club. Um, it's been brought up a few conversations as well, but um, our our members are very dedicated and, you know, we're stoked to hear that we had an NRLW side. So I think for us just to even have that in that pathway for us is just amazing. Um, you know, being a new cut lived here my whole life. So to even see that come upon us is really, really good. So I think just getting out there and showcasing what talent we have here is good enough for our um, community here now. Yeah. And also Newcastle Knights as a rugby league team is much loved by the community you know, the Australian rugby league community. So I can tell you, I already bought an NRLW membership as well for the Knights because that's, there's no Tigers and that's the next, easily one of the most likable teams in the comp. So, uh, you know, I think you're going to have a big support base there, win, lose or draw as well. Uh, you had lunch with Blake Green and a coffee. Have you had much else to do with the, the coaching staff as the pre-seasons now? I mean, there's a stop start because of COVID, I understand, but has there been much of a, much warming up or, or getting together or with the coaching staff? Um, I mean, I've, I've had plenty of conversations with Casey, Blake and Jess. So I've, like, I just, yeah, we're basically pretty tight now as it is. Um, but yeah, there's not much in regards to training and stuff at the moment. Um, but yeah, no, they're pretty good. Like we've got our girls here, all our girls are here. Um, it's just, you know, COVID sits, so we can't really do too much at the moment. So it's sort of just day by day, um, yeah, but they're keeping us up on, like, we've got a group chat and stuff, got daily challenges, um, 
They've been pretty funny. Like just to see him on there is just hilarious. Um, but the coaching staff have been amazing um, support the whole way. Um, I couldn't fault it. Just first year in, you know, a lot of teams potentially and most likely aren't unorganised and stuff, but the club has been amazing yeah. by organising a lot of stuff. So um, it's good to see that happen. Have you won a daily challenge yet? Nah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. You've got to start writing goals again, Caitlin. The first one's got to be win a daily challenge and then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 100%. If you could choose two players um, from any part, well, any of the world, any part of the world, really, to be part of the next uh, new team, same dream this season, who would you love to grab from somewhere else and dump in, in the nuts? Um. I'd probably just set all our locals for, like, you know, Hannah Southwell, Isabel Kelly, Holly Wheeler. I think, um, you know, two, three years ago we had a Newcastle side and took it out against Mounties, um, and that was just local girls. I think if we had them all back, um, I think that's an opportunity for us then, like, that's a development, seeing all our local girls come back. A lot of girls aspire to be, like, girls like Isabel Kelly. She's big name in the game. So um, having her back as a local, I think that, really drives our community as well, um, puts us out there knowing that, you know, we have someone with, with such a big name playing for us. Um, it's not just about that, but it's just about, you know, bringing our local girls back yeah. and playing for, you know, their hometown, which would be great. Obviously, I know she's in Central Coast, but um, she started with Newey, so she's always <laughs> been a local girl for us. So. Yeah. yeah, you can claim her. I like it. Uh, okay, so what were your thoughts around expansion? That, that's just happened this year where, where Newcastle's been one of the big beneficiaries of it. Do you think that they continue and, and the NRL job who tries to get to like 16 teams like the NRL or do you think they open it up to teams that aren't already NRL M teams like, like Mounties, like you brought up? What, what do you think happens with this? Um, I'm not too sure, but I think from my opinion, I think it's just um, – like I like the idea if they expand at 16 teams and play the whole men's season. I think that would be great and I'm hoping that's what they're assuming to do. Um, but I think mainly, like, you know, there's plenty of clubs for, like, Mounties. Like, they, I know they combined with Doggies this year, like the Bulldogs, um, even if they could create a team there. And that, that's another NRL club there itself. Like, um, I know they had a few numbers throughout the years. They had one in Harvey Norman, but they end up folding and joining. That's when they joined with Mounties. So a lot of their girls went through Mounties pathways and stuff like that. So I think if we can just develop, um, I think it's more just around developing um, the community, like the, them games, them teams themselves. So like the Sharks, you know, all them kind of teams. I think they have the players there. And I think if they just, um, we're dedicated enough to develop them and bring them through that pathway and keep them. I think that it could expand potentially if they had that there. But I think also money is a big issue. A lot of clubs don't really have enough money, so um, that's sort of a big upset for them. So. Yeah, because because I, I read recently the issue with trying to move players out of Brisbane to other teams um, was that you're asking people who live in Brisbane and work in Brisbane for two-thirds of the year or, or more to now just live somewhere else, a different part of the country for a small part, and then to move back. That's yeah, so that's not that's not fair or, or, you know, doable. So how do we how do we do this? How do we help transition from semi-pro to pro so that we can have people move and, and you know, that they can just live there because they get paid enough to live there? I think, like, it also, like you're saying, I think it comes back to our pathways. I think if we... If every club sort of had that pathway for their younger girls, even if they don't play at that top tier, I think it's like, um, you know, like the men's, like they have a reserve grade underneath of the NRL side. So, like, if they had something like that in a pathway, I think that would 
then develop the girls down in them certain regions. It's, right. It's, develop them to be able then to expand the game and have more players in the team instead of having to buy players, you know, from everywhere, like Queensland, New Zealand, Sydney. Like it's, it's, that's, I think that's where the biggest problem is, is that we have some, they're so undeveloped and they're not in the loop of how quick the game is and how fit you actually have to be Mm. and how switched on. I think that's the problem of why they are finding it hard to expand the game so much. Okay, so pathways pathways seems to be your biggest thing. What else do you really hope happens in the next NRL, in in the NRLW over the next five years? Um, I I just hope they have more clinics. Um, just in to get the girls interested and know that you know, look, like I'm big on pathways. I just hope that they have um something there for the girls to aspire to. Like obviously, aspire to people like um big names, Mima, Hannah, Izzy. Like they they aspire to be people like that. But if they put it in their hands and actually put little um, developments and um, actually try to push these teams into expand it. So, like, this year they um, they put Marquise out to, to split the place so it's not so much of a clump of a team that's going to keep winning the comp. They um, they allocated four to each team, like the top-tier contract, to see whether, you know, that expands the game. So, it gets more interest of other people wanting to be like, oh, man, like, why don't we put a team in at the Sharks or Tigers, you know what I mean? Like, that's what their key of why they're trying to do it. So I'm hoping that, you know, over the next year or two, that that's what people are for, maybe realise that's what we need to do is just spread out instead of stacking aside. Mm. And then that's sort of, that's the potential to bring it up and then develop that pathway and also make the game greater. Right. And I love that you're such a selfless, lovely player that when given the option to do any over the next five years, you talk about how the game could be better, whereas other people would have just said, Knights Premiership three years in a row, something like that. No, Caitlin wants a better or a better football for everybody else. So that's great. Yeah, no, I, I like seeing pathways. I'll just, I know there's like I just think for myself. I know there's so many, so much talent out bush for our Cory girls and Cory right. boys that they don't actually get noted for it, and um, they're just less fortunate because they don't actually have the um, financial status to actually bring them down. Like they've got to travel so far to come down and showcase. So anytime they can is not yet. And most mm. of our Cory boys like that do get put into these NRL teams get but noticed that query knockouts. So So what can we do to make that better then? How, what's the where's the answer for that? I I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see more games get pushed out in Bush and just um even just showcase junior games before and prior. Like I think that yeah. would be showcasing, you know, they have young kids out there that have the potential to showcase what they have. And I think even like I love that the Rabbitohs pushed it up to Dubbo. Like, I reckon that was just great. And that the Tigers, like, I'm a massive Tigers fan, me and my dad. Yeah. But I love that they took it up to Tenworth and, you know, actually play up Tenworth. Like, that's massive for communities out there because they have a lot of Tiger supporters in Tenworth. So, um, yeah, things like that. I think if they just take it out, push and um, get juniors playing before them, I think it'd just be awesome. How on earth have we been on the phone for 40 minutes or something and this has only just come up now that you and your dad are Tigers fans? <laughs> no, we're diehard Tigers fans. Yeah, so yeah. You're, you're in Newcastle the entire time. You're supposed to be playing yeah. for the gods. You've been sent by Daily Messenger to, to bring the trophy to NRLW Knights and yet you're a Tigers fan. Tell me how did that yeah, start? No. Um, pardon? How did that start? I'm so excited. I'm talking too fast. Um, I'm not sure. I just, I don't know. Just Dad's only fan, Tigers fan. I think I've just been a... Daddy's girl kind of thing. So I think, <laughs> yeah, like I just, yes, I've always supported. I've never changed my team. And yeah, I've just always, whether they win, lose, draw, I don't care. I've always just supported them. 
Because you you were born in 2001, so you didn't even see the 05 grand final. You're too young to remember it. You may have seen it, obviously. So you've only seen Terrible Time and you've been a fan the whole time. Yep. I've, I've watched plenty of games when they win and stuff like that. Like, man, it was great that they won on the weekend. It was great. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I've always been a Tigers supporter. Being dad, yeah. Great. Okay. So when I can finally get a West Tigers into the NRLW, you'll be up first. My key son, my key son too. I'll just get your dad on the phone and he'll, he'll help me out. <laughs> thanks, mate. This has been great. Is there any other questions or comments you've got before we finish? Um, not that I can think of, but thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No, not at all, man. This has been great. I really enjoyed it, uh, particularly the Tigers bit and the Newcastle bit. They're my two favourite teams, and here you are. You're the embodiment <laughs> of both. Uh, okay, mate. Well, have a great rest of your day. Thanks for your time. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm.